everybody welcome back this is the uh, second iteration of the what makes sense podcast we actually went through a rebranding so we're now nonsense but um still hosted by the same people um what makes sense is driving this conversation so i'm actually glad to um have joining me today adam radam rebelard is that how you pronounce it right it, it is correct it's, my name is oh, not hell yeah my name is not radam i am not from the middle east i'm just i'm just i'm just a rad guy and I, hey, I only say that. Frenchman. I'm all, I only say that because I've been asked both those questions. Is it Radam? Are you Middle Eastern? And I'm like, no, I'm neither. It's just Radam. Just asking for a friend. Yeah, I, well, you can tell your friend it is indeed Radam, and no, I'm not oh. from the Middle East. I'm also joined by Avery Avello, the uh, lead guitarist of What Makes Sense. What's up, dude? Much. Welcome. How you doing? Is Avery not Avery, as Adam likes to say? Yeah, I don't know how people mix that up. Just, I don't know. Just, people, just Adam mixes it up. I don't really mix it up. Yeah. It's just uh, I, I like to prove the point that it's not Olivia Wilde; it's uh, Olivia God. Wilde. God, you know, just uh, don't any, don't dig your own grave, bro. <laughs> He's never gonna Anyways, let that one Anyways, gentlemen, um, today I'm bringing you guys on. Just wanted to have you guys. I'm actually lucky enough to have you guys on right now. Um, had a few questions about one for the Braves, um, and then just really like the formation of what makes sense. And um, we didn't go too into detail about it last episode so i wanted to get a little bit more background for that um Do you remember? we're gonna discuss also uh just like top releases things we've been listening to um you know these are always just great indicators as to what really influences our music and um you know how we're listening to the cutting edge you know that's happening right now uh in this digital world and then um actually next i wanted to ask you guys about you know like top live shows that you went to in 2019 um, that was more of a selfish thing because I wanted to share a few of what I had. Um, and then just finally, you know, things you're looking forward to and um, how you're coping with quarantine. Uh, so we can just kick it off right now. Avery, glad to have you on. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, just want a, a little bit background on you, you know, just to share with everybody. Yeah. So the awkwardness. When was the first time that you picked up a guitar? Uh, wow. Um I was probably maybe 12, 13 years old. Um, I had some friends in school who, like, you know, kind of play guitar. And I was like, hey, that's, that's kind of cool. So I kind of, you know, picked it up and tried it. Um, yeah. Was there anybody that influenced you to do that? Uh, just, like, friends of mine. I don't think anybody in particular. Just I had some friends who, like, you know, in school, like, play guitar. I thought it was kind of cool. I don't I know, man. Know. That that tattoo on your wrist is otherwise. That, he said to start playing. I, I didn't know about that person until much later. Fair enough. Give us some give us some background on that. I actually don't know a lot about that tattoo. Yeah. So uh, people who don't know, on my right arm, I have a tattoo. It's a uh, guitar uh, fretboard, but on a bone. So it's like a bone on my arm, and like the vein, uh, the veins on my bone are the strings. Um, and then at the very bottom of the tattoo um, is an insignia by um, a guitarist named John Petrucci, who is my all-time you know idol guitarist. And it's the same insignia that I, is on one of my signature guitars, or his signature guitar that I own. Avery wishes it was his That's signature. That's so gnarly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's really sick. I actually see, like, I didn't know this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So, well, if I could add real quick start... to what he said, yeah, go uh, ahead. If you don't know who John Petrucci is, he is a guitarist for Dream Theater. Yeah, YouTube him. He is 
one of the greatest guitarists of I'm all just time. Just implying that everybody are already knows who he is. That's why I'm here. Yeah, you should. Yeah, everybody like should. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm just here to add what you miss. Oh, okay. How about this? <laughs> if you want to have your mind fucking blown, go watch some videos of him. That or Tiger King. It's great. Yeah, yeah great content. <laughs> um, so all right, started playing guitar at twelve. Mm-hmm. When did you first started, you know, getting into actually performing live with a band? Uh, I didn't really perform live, like legit, legit, until I started playing with Adam. Actually, I mean, I think I played like a couple like little talent shows at school or something like that, or like some open mic kind of things. But the first time I actually played in you know, like a band setting was yeah, definitely with Adam. That's pretty intense. So it was one for the Braves, yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah. That's the show was uh, BSP in Kingston. It was my first live band oh, performance. That was also great venue. That was also my first live performance as well. It was with this there, there swell individual. There we go. No yeah. way. When and do you do you remember what year that was? Twenty thirteen. That might have been twenty fourteen. Yeah, actually, I, yeah, we started in right. May of thirteen, yep. and then okay. long story short, we were we. So we were actually very different than when we when we first started One for the Braves, the iteration of what One for the Braves actually knows. So we started dual vocalist and we had we had a full lineup pretty much. We started in May of twenty thirteen. We released our first single Man vs. Self, which you can still stream off YouTube. Um I think we released that in October of thirteen. Am I right there, Avery? Uh I think no, it's November. It came out Thanksgiving, I think. I was black, it was Day. Black Friday. It was Black Friday, and the reason I remember that right. is because I was like, "Hey, hey, guys, I got the best Black Friday for you right here. It's free." So that's <laughs> that's right. He's right there. Yep. So we yep. we put that out, and you can actually hear it's me and uh, the old vocalist Will. That's the only song we put out with Will, and then mm-hmm. he parted, and then we played our first show the the following March. So that was March of twenty fourteen. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I remember BSP. It was like, um, yeah, my band back in um, high school, uh, I think there, there were several of them, but I think it was Communication Breakdown specifically that played there a few times. And it was so weird because it felt like you would fall through the stage, like immediately, like if you jumped up and you know me, like that's kind of my thing. <laughs> I was like, this, uh, these crates bounce. Like that well, the happen. first the first show we played there, I actually almost fell between the crates. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say Adam <laughs> may or may not have fallen because uh, it was just carpet on top of which crates, I right? I was, was not it. prepared just for, and I moved, and I happened to catch right between the two, and I almost went right through them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what was you know it was it remains a mystery to me. What was the deal with like the back area? There was always you, that, to this day, I've never like seen backstage. It. To this day, I've still never seen it. I've yeah. heard numerous nope. things about. It. I mean, I went. I saw. I want to say it was twenty. It was. It was December twenty seventeen. I went and saw the Get Up Kids there and packed out the front room, and never it, like it easily probably could have gone to the back. It wouldn't have been nearly as packed out, but it, it definitely could have gone to the back room. It was a sold out show in the front, and uh, it. it I've I've still just never seen that back room, and I they say I think it, I think it, I think it has like a cap of like twelve hundred, and I I just can't I can't fathom that because it's just seeing the front room and what it is I can't fathom like this huge theater. It's an art I, gallery. I, yeah, like I can't. Mm-hmm. 
I've never seen it, and I had the hardest time, like, just trying to picture what that room would look like. Yeah, for those who don't know, we're talking about a place called BSP, which is uh, Backstage Productions for short, and that's in Kingston, New York, and um, that's, you know, a pretty hopping live venue. I heard it's changed a lot, and, um, you know, it's kind of, like, reminds me of it's turned into a little bit of, like, you know, a New York City-esque club where they have, like, themed nights, and, you know, I mean, you got to stay in business. So like, you know, between the live music sessions that they have, they'll have like disco nights and stuff like that. Um, So it's really developed from like when we played back there, um, you know, where it was literally just a few crates and some carpet in like the back of an art gallery. But yeah, that back room, I've actually seen it and it's huge. But um, yeah, I've never heard of a show that's gone on there. We did have the proposition of playing with the plain white tees dangled in front wow. of us once. Throwback. Um, mind you, yeah, I know. Mind you, this was like, we were like a, a punk, I guess, yeah, it was like almost a pop punk band, a um, little bit more punk leaning. And like, they were like, yeah, we might get you on the bill. I'm like, looking back on that, that's a horrible bill. That's, <laughs> like, that's that, like, it, we would not fit in. That would always play the chance. They're like, oh, we're playing with Eric Carter. And I'm like, do people still know he exists? Like, is he is is he still going Holy up there singing shit. I Want Candy? Like, the only thing I know him for now is this ridiculous face tattoo and threatening to kill his brother's kids. Oh, he's his, his life is, yeah. is just I mean, <laughs> they could probably make a Tiger King esque documentary just out of Aaron Carter. I I, I, I would hope. watch the shit out of that documentary. Make Aaron's that's great. It. Again. That's that's the hashtag <laughs> this episode is is make Aaron's great again. Yeah. So, um, leaning on that subject of, you know, you guys, you know, so you play your first show, um, what was the trajectory for one for the Braves after that? And then lead me into, you know, what the exact steps were to what makes sense. That's a very consorted long story, but the the spark Mm -hmm. noted version Really, with what makes sense, or uh, one for the Braves when we started it, we really had, and I, I think I, I think I touched on this a little bit in the first episode. We really had no idea what we were really looking to do. Am I right in saying that, Avery? Yeah, we were. Yeah, we, we, we just want to play shows. We basically. just we were looking just to play shows, and everything was just kind of really by the seat of our pants. And uh, that definitely, definitely, if you knew us in that time, you'd know that's exactly how we were working was by the seat of our pants and figuring uh, things out as we went along, basically. And, and especially our sound. I mean, like every yeah. every every song, even on the same EP, we'd go from. Oh, uh, if we take our the last EP we put out with uh, one for the bridge, does anybody honestly care? Uh, we have this one song, "Wrong Turn," which is very, very mellow, almost uh, like um, if I had to give an example, similar to. Uh, uh, real friends is uh, I've given up on you, and uh, if then we turn around and there's a song like Dirt Nap, which can, which is just you know a, a typically straight pop punk, you know very in your face song, and then yeah, honestly my favorite off that album, even though Avery's gonna roll his eyes, but nobody can see it, but I'll know I'll, mm. I'll know he's rolling <laughs> his eyes was uh, your wedding planner's alien in a wig. You got you got the backwards. Rephrase that for me. Your wedding planner is an alien in a wig. There you go. There you That's go. what I said. I just kind of semi burped from the booze in the oh, between okay. there. Okay. So, okay. but that that is uh, <laughs> probably my favorite song on that album, and uh, it's I mean it it's very uh, 
skip school, start fights, era, pit the lights. So if you if you if you know like what these references mm. are, like you understand what I'm saying. Like we were just all over the place, and we couldn't really just nail it down. And then when one for the Braves more or less fell apart, and Avery and I were just kind of standing there, like, well, what do we do? We kind of decided, oh, let's just do what feels right or what makes sense, and that's pretty much what makes sense. Cruise room that and the. Uh, a lyric from the the band Panamento, but more so, it's just that's that's kind of what we were just gonna do. We were gonna do what makes sense, and uh, I think we definitely this EP. I mean, the How- first EP we put out, "Fear and Loathing in the Northeast," uh, definitely a very more cohesive sound than anything we ever put out. Hmm. How does that Pentimento? Uh, that's I'm pronouncing. That is correct. Yep. Right. So How it's that from their song go? "Just Friends," and it's it, it's. This is a, if you ever want to know how my mind works, I overthink everything, and this is the perfect example that I'm about to give you. So, I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not even making this up. It was literally the day that one for the Braves broke up. So I was driving out there to kind of talk with everybody and figure it out. And I got halfway there, and uh, we, we just kind of decided, fuck it, it's it's done. Let's let it go. Uh, Avery Avery and I had put five years into it at that point, and we both were just to the point to where it was it was time wow. for something new, you know. We'd gone through uh, numerous lineup changes, uh, just trying to find the right people to stick. And we've made, we, you know, I still talk with many of the members. I have very good relations with a lot of them. And some of them, we don't get a, see eye to eye or get along anymore. But it was, you know, a great experience and it led to this. But, um, you know, it reached a point that where Avery and I were like, listen, we're going to keep doing this. We need to either start over or do something completely different. And I think what makes sense was like the perfect mix of both starting over and doing something different at the same time. And uh, uh, the biggest difference between the one for the Braves and what makes sense is that we just were, we took our time with things and did it right. But back to, back to your main question of mm-hmm. the Panamento lyric, it's, it's from their song, just friends. And there's this lyric in the song. that's uh we're just friends because that seems to be what makes sense. And I, I just kind of thought about it. I said, that's kind of what it is with me and Avery. We're just friends doing what makes sense. And that's kind of where the name came from. Wow. That's pretty incredible. I, I, as a member of the band, I myself didn't even know that, was not aware of it. I'm, I'm an open book with this stuff. You ever ask, I'll tell. I might feel weird telling you because I'm not the as, – yeah. as, as Avery and Aaron could probably attest to. When it comes to sentimentality, I'm not always the best at it. Hmm. Uh, but um, but, but give, but me give a you a paper and a pen, and, a pen and exactly. you're all about it all day. To, to actually speaking to me, I'm like, oh, this guy's gonna <laughs> think I'm soft. I don't need that. Honestly, that's the best way to do it, man. Um, yeah, just a little background for everybody listening. When we were in the studio, um, you know, just going back to the last time we were talking about this in Rhode Island, um, you know, Adam had myself and Eddie around a table, and he was just explaining some of the logic behind, um, you know, some of the songs that we were recording. And obviously when you're in the studio, you get a ton of time to become very familiar with these songs, especially after hearing the lyrics and the riffs and the hooks, you know, time after time again, so that, you know, you can get everything perfect and you kind of absorb your weekend around or you know, whatever time you spend in the studio, but you absorb that time and you relate it to all these lyrics and you get, a lot of time to marinate and think about these, you know, what's being said, what's really being said behind it. It's not like you're just listening it all the way through and that's it. Like you feel 
every emotion that goes on in that roller coaster. I mean, there's I definitely something you're hearing, and especially when you're doing vocals, you hear the same line. So, like, um, one one of the lines is uh, one of the lines in Groundhog Day is for what it's worth, I don't care in the end. You know, I, I think I think all of us probably heard that exact line about fifteen to twenty times. Just mm. nothing for what it's worth. <laughs> what, like over and over. Sometimes the line didn't even finish; I just started right over again, and it's just you know, and when. You, to me, explaining some of that stuff to people, especially when they ask, I, lo- I love doing it. I love explaining it. I love more than anything, though. I'm not always open to throwing it out there. If you ask me, I'll explain every song I've ever I've ever written. But if if you don't, I won't typically tell you because I I can't. I don't. I think it was. I think it was actually since we made the joke yesterday. Uh, I think it was uh, about Freddie Mercury. He, he was one. He, was, he always kind of just said the answers mm-hmm. right right in the lyrics. I don't need to tell you. What you take from it, I mean, and 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 another, yeah. another thing with it is too is you know to me these songs are about uh, uh, stuff that I've dealt with. So a good example is um, the Northeast, one of our songs off Fear and Loathing in the North Northeast. Um, I wrote that song about my grandmother because uh, I have we, we had a bit of a falling out and we just don't agree on a lot of things. And long story short, we don't talk anymore. And uh, yeah, I think a and, lot of uh, people can relate. I've to had that. Come, some people come up to me and ask me if uh, if it was about a, re- a girlfriend or a relationship, and no, it's about my grandmother. But then you go back. Actually, probably this is actually a a funny one for the brave story. I was before I was dating my current girlfriend. I was talking to this girl who I'd met through Tinder, and uh, she showed uh, our last EP. Does anybody honestly care to a mother? And her mother's immediate response was, "Is he divorced?" Mm-hmm. And she asked me that, and I was like, "No, I'm not. I'm, I promise you, I'm not divorced." <laughs> like, I was like, "Not, oh not about at all." I said, uh, "But you know, she's she got the right idea because for me, a lot of the songs I wrote are about divorcing aspects of my life. It's a different type yeah, of divorce, but yeah, it's a song about separating yourself from you know exactly. a negative and situation. Is the best example of that. It's just that I, I mean, I can go back. I mean, until." since we're talking about sentimentality until I met Avery, I've, I've never really kept a best friend or a friend. They, they just, they just never co- connected well, or mm-hmm. we, they, they took advantage of me or whatever it was. Maybe I was naive. Maybe I tried too hard, whatever it was. I'm not going to sp- speculate on all that stuff, but um, you know, yeah. a lot of spooky is, is me kind of looking at who I became through all of, all of those experiences of going through that with not even just friends too. I mean, there's, you know, there's people in life who you're raised to believe are not meant to screw you over and they end up doing it and you're kind of sitting there like, well, shit. <laughs> so that's really, that, that's really what that's about is kind of to come to terms with that. Sometimes the best way to, to live your life is as a ghost, except for those who choose to be there. And thankfully for me, I have someone like Avery and obviously you know now like the rest of my brothers and what makes sense that are there for that kind of stuff oh you know what a guy uh, you know I, I have <laughs> my deep, moments are few and far between and there's a lot of sarcasm in the in-between but sometimes it comes out yeah no way man that's 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 super deep I, I like getting um a good view into you know the lyric writing process even though i'm very close to it you know being in this band um sometimes you just don't know and like you know i used to be in a band i used to write my own lyrics and it wasn't really deep it was just more so just 
you know, naive rebellion and just rebelling against literally nothing because, you know, <laughs> you're just, you know, kind of kind of a, a cog in this system. You know, you play these small shows. No one remembers your name. So it's cool that, like, you know, you get to see the development there, of something. There's definitely a good truly mix, beautiful. Though, I, this is a funny story. And before I before I say, let me preference, I heard this secondhand. And I, I've been mean to to get it firsthand. I keep forgetting every time I'm in, in their presence. But yeah, there's this uh, one local band that I like a lot. They're called Alliteration. And uh, they wrote this song called Spin. And I, I, I love the song. I think it's mm-hmm. one of their best songs they ever put out. And it, it's just... It's if you get a chance, it's all on Spotify. They're called Alliteration, and uh, the song is called Spin Spi, and I believe it's two N's and N. And uh, he wrote the song about a uh, fan, not not like a fan as a person, like an actual fan in your room. And it's 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 one of the (laughs) deepest songs that I've ever heard in my life. And it's like there's uh, the hook is just. I think the hook is uh, one day I'll be banished to the scrapyard, but today is not that day. I think that is one of the tastiest. I think it's like, I mean, you just, just nailed it out. I mean, whoa. I think that's a deep, tasty lyric. Woo. And he literally wrote it from the perspective of Man. a fan in his room. And the reason he did that was he was having kind of a, a, a friendly argument with another local artist about who was telling him that you can't write a song unless it's super deep. And he's like, that's not true. And then he wrote that song. And I, 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 that story makes the song more to me even more powerful. And I think that I think that's just fantastic. And so to go back to kind of like what you were what you were saying, it it, it is nice to have a connection to a lyric, but sometimes it can just be like, oh, I want to write a song about this, and just really taking the time to focus on it. In a way, you are connected to that. It does give it a connection, and there is some meaning to it. But it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. about like, oh. I broke up with my girlfriend, so I wrote 15 songs. It's like, oh, I... I <laughs> yeah, right, right. as so is every pop-punk song. It's every, you know... Sad boy. It's, you know, four albums later, Parker's still upset about the girl. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's sometimes you can find the depth in just the simplest things. That's how I kind of took that. And, uh, and then there's me, who doesn't write deep lyrics. I just write catchy guitar riffs. Deep guitar riffs. Oh, yeah. Avery's that guy who goes oh, to the my studio God. and gets nothing but yeah, praise right. and comes out like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've literally been practicing that. You, you got to do it. Hours a day. You got to like, do it, man. He's like, I sent doing? you guys one demo. I did 16. Um, <laughs> 16 yeah, takes yeah. of the same one. Um, This is actually good, guys. Um, This is a perfect, I think, time now that we're on the subject of, you know, discussing other songs that have you know made their way into our lives recently um i wanted to recap actually you know just some of like the top songs that you heard you know in 2019 or 2020 um you know just to give credit where it's due to like bands that are either still in the scene and killing it or you know maybe new emergences or um new versions of you know maybe different lineups um you know avery is there anybody that you know, you've been listening to recently who have, may have just broken on the scene or, you know, has uh, um, made a I mean, resurgence. I don't know they, how new they are, but the band we were supposed to play with actually this weekend that the show got canceled Sunday morning, their stuff is just really dope. It's so good. They're, yeah. they're, oh, they're so good. It's a fantastic song. Yeah. Yep. That, that one in particular, I've just been jamming that constantly. Um, oh, I'm trying a, to think. Yeah. What about you, Adam? One. This is a tough question. Um, 
Like this could yeah, be no, like I've, we're talking I, new releases. See, I've, I've reached the point in my life where I can't remember when what came out. So it's like I'll, I'll think a song came out like <laughs> two months ago, but really it came out like a year and a half ago, and I'm like, oh well, I heard it two months ago. That's that's more what I'm thinking. But um, yeah, um, as far as new music goes that I've heard recently from people that. I listen to regularly or that I know I'd have to say uh, Vera put out a new song out of the blue. And uh, I, I was, for those of you who don't know, I was, I don't even know if I'm saying their name right. I, I've always struggled with that. I don't know if it's Vera or if it's Vera, but they put out a new song, I think like two days ago and it's called those days are over. And it's, it's a fantastic song. And if, if you're uh, an OG in the pop punk scene, like yours truly, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a good listen. It is very reminiscent of the, uh, their first full-length album that I recommend go checking out their new song. Hell the fuck yeah. And I'm going to take this time. I just want to shout out. I'm going to cut my mic so that everybody can hear. The uh, motherfucking Dirty Nil. Um, great band. Never would have guessed. They were kind of the reason. They're... <laughs> I know. These guys have heard everything about it. Um, they were actually the reason. Fun little background story. Um behind why i started pursuing live music again um you know i'd started my career you know in uh marketing after having a pretty tough year i got laid off my previous sales job and i know you know, had to work a few hardcore. small jobs in between then oh yeah and i finally got my grounding in this job and i'm like you know like this is what matters now like this is what i'm going to do you know until i retire like you know focus on marketing focus on building my career you know working in new york city you know it's very easy to feel um influenced by everything around you and so i actually got a chance to meet the nil when they played like it must have been no more than a 50 cap club in the basement of like this bar i mean basement's a little bit of a stretch it's a it's a nice famous basement it's just underground that's what it is um called uh What's it? Uh, Berlin under A because it's under Avenue A. Um, one of my favorite places to go of all time. Their tickets, swear to God, $10 a night. And I got to see my favorite band. Well, they weren't at the time, but I listened to their album Higher Power, saw them. And um, yeah, saw them two nights in a row. I got to buy them beers, talk to them. And they were just like, oh, like, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I, I work in marketing, you know, typical corporate, like schmuck. <laughs> and uh, but, you know, I play bass like from time to time. And they're like, holy shit. Like, you play any live music? I'm like, no, nah, I hadn't thought of it. <laughs> they're like, definitely do it. So from there on, like literally the next week, put an ad up on Craigslist, uh, joined a few bands since then. And um you know made my way to you guys but um just want to shout out like the recent music that they just put out they put out a single called idiot victory amazing song and you know what was the wildest part of that they went on tour just like with the premise of that song it was called the idiot victory tour and like obviously that's not the only song they played but they got to play new songs they came to brooklyn i saw them played an amazing show but yeah shout out to those guys um also, while I have the mic, White Reaper, um, they went from being one of like, you know, one of my top like bands to being my favorite band this year. Um, they put out an album called You Deserve Love. If you haven't heard that album, go fucking listen to it. 
it's only good music. There's not a bad song on it. I feel it. like I should add in that's my two cents. Because everybody's adding them in there now. So what actually let me. Oh, oh I no, went no, no, so no, no. yeah, let's, I went on a tangent. You go ahead. Let's hear, it. let's hear it. So I'll start I'll start I'll start with you, Aaron. We already kind of touched on Avery's, but we'll start with you. What are your if you had to pick three mm-hmm. what and I'm not talking like now, I'm talking all time, like what got you into music? What are your three influences? Oh, here you go. So I remember Green Day on my I believe ninth birthday. I saw the American Idiot music video debut on TV that day, and I was like, I want to play drums. Or I, I at least knew I wanted to play music because I've never seen anything like that or heard anything like that. Um, from there, I think what got me into bass was Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I saw the, uh, what was it, uh, Tell Me Baby um, music video. And I was like, dude, this guy fucking uh, flees an animal all like, around. I mean, the, 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 the name itself is just perfect. Oh. Yeah. So that was what got me into at least playing bass. And then I think like developing from there, um, just being able to experience live music and see, you know, pretty remarkable bassists. Um, I want to say like, Steve Michich from Every Time I Die, that dude just has fun up on stage. I mean, all those guys do. Um, I, yeah, they do. I had I had some. That's right. right. We went to Barrier. We went out there for a show. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, and like just nothing. No one in particular, really. I take a lot from Ross Miller from The Dirty No, in terms of like stage presence. But like, those are the three characters. Because I wouldn't say there was anything that I was like, you know, material that I could call out like, oh, I love the shape of the bass. I want to play that. Like, no one ever said that because, you know, that's not how you I, find well, a I mean, significant say other that, like, is playing bass. If I bass. had to explain bass to anybody, <laughs> most people look back at me like, wow, that doesn't sound very desirable. And it, but you know what's crazy about it? It's <laughs> not at all. As dumb as it sounds, you it have was the one of the most important man. things in the band. I mean, yeah. it's it, yeah, you don't you think know, about it, but like, if you can't, just... if, if the drums are lost, the first thing you look for is the bass. And I, I, you can correct me on that, but like, that's as a vocalist, that's like, mm. if I can't find the, because the guitar sometimes you got to decipher who's where and who's who, especially with two. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. when, I, with when, two. The drum, yeah. when something happens with the drums, the first thing I cut to is the bass. And I, th- I, I, my, my thing I'm going to is I very much think that the bass <laughs> is an underrated instrument and that more people should be into playing bass. I mean, everybody loves a good bass line, right? It's true. And you know what? As much, I mean, yeah. take You Found yeah. Glory, for example. Yeah. Yeah. That song, Sincerely Me. That, I mean, that opening bass riff. That's, that's like one of the tastiest bass riffs yeah. I've ever heard in my life. And it's, yeah. it, it's, it's a great one. Ooh. But uh, So, Avery. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask you the same exact question. Yes. Okay. Three influences that got you into music. And I don't mean like in, into like a band. I mean like into music into music um that's tricky uh i mean i'm probably still gonna have to say you know dream theater you know they are just you know like i mean obviously not for what i do for you know for us obviously because you know it's a totally different different genre just you know you know they <laughs> he dumps it we down for us <laughs> yeah thank you thank you for that um i mean you know i just gotta say like you know what, what they do musically and just how you know well they work together 
and just how just insanely talented they are at each instrument. It's just, you know, it's a big inspiration, just, you know, just as a musician in general, just to kind of reach, you know, that point, you know, would be, would be amazing. You know, just everyone and, you know, your band is just that top tier level of musicianship. It's just, you know, something I'd like to strive for, I guess, someday. I see you. I see you. Yeah. What else you got for him? Um, yeah. Uh, Yes. Uh, I mean, in the pop punk side, I got to say, you know, all time band, probably still state champs. You know, uh, I remember. Yeah. One uh, step forward. I remember seeing them. Just a light by water does your chest one said. There you, still says. There you, I do have a tattoo of uh, state champs lyrics on my chest. If anybody's wondering. Yeah. It's not a way. Um, that's not a way less weird when you added that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, I remember seeing them when they were, you know, just kind of little small band, you know, playing shows at the loft and the chance, um, you know, and then kind of seeing them explode into this huge phenomenon that they are now. It's pretty awesome just to kind of be there in the beginning and then see how they progress as a band. It's been interesting, and I am very saddened that their um, guitar player has left. Yep. I... Yeah. <laughs> don't leave us for him. Please don't leave us, Avery. We know you can play with them, just – and we know you know all the songs. Just don't leave us. If Derek hits me Thank up, I'll, uh, I'll I'll shoot him down. <laughs> third. All right. What's your third? Um, Let's hear it. I mean, probably you know another pop punk band. For your strong, that's something that's definitely influenced me guitar wise in you know what, what I play. Um, I just you know think they have insanely catchy guitar, some you know cool licks, some really like cool little like solo sections and whatnot. Just it gets it's heavy and it's you know groovy and it's you know. Um, you know, it's, it's awesome just in general. Oof, oof. How about that new insane. album? Though? Insane. Like they said, five oh years in the making, five years definitely worth it. But, uh, and I, <laughs> it would have been exactly, would have been cooler <laughs> if it was four. So I guess I'll, I'll hop in on this uh, <laughs> question now. So I'm going to go, so, uh, I'm going to break it, yeah, let's up hear it into two little sections here for you. One, one's not really three, but one's just kind of like, but I'll give you my three vocally. And they, they tend – I want to do this because it tends to actually surprise people when I say what I say. But um, number one is uh, Jason Cruz from the band Strung Out. And the biggest thing about him is just one, he's just – I mean, it, you know, they put out albums. And on one song, he sounds like he's the best metal vocalist in the world. And then he turns around and he does skate punk. Then he can turn around and he does these beautiful ballady acoustic songs. And then he turns around and does just straight-up punk. And – he just sounds great doing it, but more than anything, he um, he has some of the most amazing lyrics. And if you if you've listened to Strung Out ever in your life, you'll definitely understand me a little bit better on that. Because one of the things, I mean, they, they put out this song, and it's one of the biggest songs that ever speak to me. It's called "Too Close to See," and uh, the song's uh, a cup of two day old coffee, feeling like yourself again, still on your own, survived another night in this dingy room with the same four walls, and it's just rapid fire a bunch of words right in your face and they fit and they Ooh. work and it's so catchy and i loved it and it, lyric writing i've always just like well this is sound like something jason would say. i always kind of go find myself going back to that because he's just such a fantastic storyteller um as far as why i started a pop punk band it is to this day and every day the wonder years hands down 100 percent uh I, I I got I oh. get soaked on it. I loved the EP uh, won't be with uh, won't be pathetic forever on it and Mike Kennedy, but when the upsides clicked in, I was about 
let's see, when the episode was 2010, so it was about 16, 17 at the time that the upsides came out. And I was like, I was the perfect. Whoa. It, was, it was literally the album that I made wow. in my life. I was dealing with crazy anxiety and trying to figure out what I wanted. And like, I'd already known that I wanted to start a band and I wanted to be like, a punk band, but at that time I was like super into bands like Strung Out, Mill and Colin, Live Wagon, Good Riddance, and all those like just nineties skate punk like to a T. And then uh they dropped the upsides and the moment that uh they that album started was I'm not sad anymore. I, I was like hooked. Listen I listened like the the first lyric I was like you oh. have you have my attention and from that day Dude Every time I hear that, I get goosebumps. That reminds me of like two summers ago when I was the moment that I heard song that song every day. The moment I heard that song, I was it's like, amazing. wow. One, he's describing every way that I feel that I can't explain or find words to, but also makes me feel alone. But now I also don't feel alone because this guy is explaining it and he's going through the same thing. But on top of that, too, which is like pop punk to me at that time was all like, Oh, I had a girlfriend broke my heart. I want to sleep with this. It's all about girls and what they wanted to do. And they're very, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that's plagued the genre for years. They were very almost in a way derogatory towards women. And, um, I, I didn't, I never, I never, I never wanted to kind of be like that. Cause it was not really a way that I was, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like a ladies man or anything like that in high school. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I also feel like, that like motive right. is it's just really efficient for radio play and it's not substantial and it's not going to last like the wonder years like <laughs> i remember when we uh went to philly this was kind of like first introduction to you know what the pop punk scene is currently and like literally everybody you couldn't walk within you know two feet right <laughs> of anywhere without hearing about the wonder years there are people talking about it because it's I mean, obviously we're in Philadelphia, right. but like, and, and it's just it's that mean, substantial. The fact they could, in a way, go on and be cathartic for themselves, and also turn around and help, you know, the sixteen-year-old kid from New York they'd never even met. To me, that was what music was about, and I was like, that's that's how I want to do music. Is I want to be like that. I want to I want to help myself, and in turn, maybe help somebody go through the same thing I'm going through or avoid having to go through what I went through because of something that I did or said, and it's kind of a, a self-pleasing thing in a way, but it's not, I promise you it sounds it, but it's not, it's, it's really just how I cope and learn more about myself. And the wonder years are definitely who I can attribute for that take on music. And then the third one is always where people are like, well, really? Until I explain it. And it is 100% Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20. <laughs> I. There it is. No fucking way. Uh, Avery, you, you sound like Rob, you Rob Thomas sport. from Matchbox 20. I, I, I hear the inspiration. <laughs> um, he was one of the first. And you can, you can, anyone can, I'll, I'll argue something, but he was probably the first harsh vocalist who could put like a little, like a little growl in his voice. And still get played on every single radio station in the world, and they were just huge. They were huge. I mean, real world, three a.m. It was a rock song, but you could also turn around and you could make it a little bit faster. And it's a pop punk song in the matter of just picking up the tempo. And it, it there's just something, it, it, just the way he sang, and also on top of it too. I mean, that's one of the first bands that like 
I remember listening to my mom had that album playing all the time in my, in my house. And that was, that was really my first real foray, in, you know, the early nineties when to, uh, well, I shouldn't say early nineties, mid, mid to late nineties into rock music and modern music and modern rock as it was. And just, it, it was just, it was great. And Rob Thomas is just another one. He's just a fantastic lyricist. And then, um, as far as stage presence go, I have to say, I listened, it was actually one I saw Less Than Jake Live. You've never seen Less Than Jake Live. You need to see Less Than Jake Live. Best, oh. best stage performance of anyone wow. I have ever seen. And I, please, if you get a chance to see them live, go see them live. They're still great to this day. And, and but it was actually, uh, yeah, while they're around, because <laughs> this stage, he, he's another one. He's just, whether you like them or not, he's just wild on stage. And, you know, he's it, just so much fun. And I read an interview he did. He and so he said, fun. yeah, because I went to a Lesson Jake show and they just had a blast. And that's what I decided I wanted to do. I wanted to be just as fun as them wow. on stage. And that, that really stuck with me because I had seen Lesson Jake. I loved Lesson Jake. And he said that. And I was like, well, that's just it. You got to have a show. And I, that's as far as stage presence goes, I have to say Jeremy McKinnon, Day Remember, and uh, Lesson Jake, but definitely Lesson Jake. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a band in there that we all we all miss that we all uh, definitely influence uh, our homeboys here. Oh my god! Yeah, we we missed that one. Ooh, you guys introduced them to me. Like I was aware of them, um, but like never, you know, I don't know. I wasn't never had like the opportunity to really listen to them or have anybody tell me to listen to them. But now that I'm aware of them and I've listened to Seams and Stitch, you know, you know, the thing that's so inspirational about them, they never did like three months. Every song, everything was just what they wanted to do. And that's just so inspirational about them because they got so far doing everything the way that they wanted to do it. And it's, they, 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 they were, they were in a band too. I mean, they all just had a great friendship and great working connectability from, from what I've been told it from, you know it, man, the homeboys. And Hudson I mean, Valley pop homeboy. punk represent, you know, they're, they, they, they sold out the long, long time. And, <laughs> Those you know, are now, the guys. now, now, uh, now the locals got to step it up, including us. <laughs> and if you're ever in Beacon, New York, and you would like some tasty beer, I know. go to Hudson Valley brewery and you might see the singer of with the punches. That's there, true. Potentially. I'm actually, I'm actually drinking some yeah. Hudson Valley silhouette. Oh, wow. Brunch style IPA go. right now. So, <laughs> Yo, Avery, we're gonna get to you, beer. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, the week at the end, premature. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, guys, we are running a little short on time, so I just want to make sure we got to everything before the end. Um. Quick, let's hear some of your tips mm. on how to cope with the quarantine. Let's hear it. No. <laughs> all right i'll go besides work because i still have to work every day um writing great music i mean i've had a lot of opportunity to like maybe you know during lunch or whatever you know like 12 to 1 just break out the guitar um put a little bit more thought into it you know I, I, without having any sort of commute or whatnot <laughs> i gain like two hours back on my day and it's fantastic i would yeah i would say like you know hone a hobby you know i i can't go to the gym anymore which you know was what i used to do when i came home from work yeah 
So I've been working on my recording skills and my, you know, recording demos and whatnot and getting better at that. So let's, you know, try to try to make something better, you know. Damn. <laughs> oh, you will. You will. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> Get ready, America. Adam, what about you? I know you got a little operation going there, don't you? Do we, do we lose him? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, he must Rip be dead. Him. All right. All right. It got him. It got him. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Avery. Okay. So we're going to close oh, out this episode because oh, Adam is clearly do? dead. <laughs> um, you know, rest his soul. Yep. So we're going to, every mo- week, okay. We do okay. um, beer of the week. Just a little yeah. shout out. Um, um, we all like I it. I just picked up some Allagash, some Allagash White the other day. It was nothing, nothing crazy, but you know, it's a, it's a classic go-to. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of it. Uh, me, Adam, and his girlfriend actually uh, went to the brewery in. Uh, I think it's in where is it? Maine, I think. I want to say. Um, I could be wrong there. Um, and it was it was great. You know, good beer. Uh, you know, just obviously if you don't. Check them out. Drink some Allagash. Yeah. All right. Hey, that sounds good. All right, guys. Well, um, yeah. I, I can see Adam's <laughs> texting us right now. He's still on the line. But uh, no Avery, thank you here. so much for joining us today. Yeah. Um, can't wait to send this out. And right. uh, we'll ch- catch you all next week.